everybody and welcome to episode 10. It's the one zero episode of the Talking Floorball podcast. Back to our regular scheduled planning of myself, your host James, and alongside me, she's back, it's Maddie. Hello Maddie. Hello James. You're very uh, cozy, wrapped up in your brand new Puma hoodie. Thank you to our friends at uh, Puma Nordic, uh, sending us through some clothes for us to wear for Singapore, as we will be heading there very shortly, just over a month to go, and not bad, not, not bad, bad at all. The hoodie is so comfy. Like I think it, I will wear this every day until so, we go to Singapore. And then we get there, and maybe it's not the best temperature for hoodies there, so we'll yeah. be switching to something a bit more climate appropriate in Singapore. Definitely, but like you said, Singapore... It's not that far away anymore. I mean, previously we were just waiting to go there, waiting for the women's championships. And now it's just around the corner. Whoa. It's crazy to think. And obviously, if you're still interested in going, uh, tickets are still available. And if you're local to the area of Singapore, or even if you're living not too far away and you want to travel, uh, tickets Always on the website, just head to wfc2023.sg and you'll find all the links for all the ticket packages there. VIP tickets have been released, so uh, if you are working with a company or in a company and you'd like to experience a World Floorball Championships as a very important person, then you can do ticket packages available for that as well. So we, myself and Marie and the whole IFF team and sure all the teams competing will be looking forward to seeing you in Singapore if you're there. And if you can't make it, of course, you can follow all the action live on the IFF app. You know where to find it, on the App Store, on the Apple Store, and just type in IFF or Floorball and it will come up. All games will be live streamed, all games with commentary, and uh, all games, multiple camera setups. So we're going to bring you the best quality action from the best female players in the world from Singapore this December. I think we should have had some kind of advertisement coming in the in the beginning or something. <laughs> You're like, bang. Well, we don't have any sponsors for the uh, podcast. So I think we need one. We after sponsor this, ourselves. After this, yeah. We sponsor ourselves with our own events. <laughs> but please join us for Singapore. It will be an amazing event. I should hope so. Well, heading back onto our topics for today's, well, it's been a busy weekend this past weekend in October. We had our international weekend break and it was a chance for a lot of women's national teams to make their final preparations for Singapore and several under-19 teams as they look forward towards Lahti and the under-19 World Championships next May. We had uh, five events in total taking place across all manners of Europe, all corners of Europe, I should say, from all the way in Turku in Finland, all the way down to Madrid in Spain. And let's start with the big one, shall we, Mari? The EFT Euro Floorball Tour between the uh, so-called top four nations in floorball. Sweden, Finland, Switzerland and Czech Republic took place in Turku for both women's and women's under-19s. And there was certainly an interesting result at the end 
with the final match between Finland and Sweden women, but is there anything else that you think caught your eye from Turku this weekend? Yeah, definitely the Finland versus Sweden matches were saved until the final day of the event, so both matches definitely offered some exciting moments and also both matches were decided in a penalty shootout. So Sweden women's under-19 team won 6-5 against uh, Finland. Finland women's under-19 team, while Finland won 5-4 against Sweden in the women's Eurofloorball tour. And I already saw headlines from Inebandi magazine after the weekend and they call it some sort of fiasco. Which is, I guess it was somewhat maybe surprising result for the Swedish audience in a way that Finland could win in Turku and they they played really an amazing event, the Finnish team. Well, it's definitely up to the Swedish team to not underestimate their opponents. We all know how strong Sweden is when it comes to the international stage of floorball, mm, currently definitely. holding every world championship there is possible. Uh, but we know how close it's been, in particular, the last several world championships between Sweden and Finland in the women's game, and also Switzerland pushing them. Mm-hmm. Sweden very close in, in Neuchâtel. So, Definitely. Um, it's certainly, maybe the media, a bit more so, uh, underestimating the opponents than the national give team. Me, give me. I'm sure, I'm sure the, the Swedish coaching staff will definitely be wary of um, several Finnish players. Obviously, the Kalpis... Vera and Orna both playing in uh, in Sweden. Mm, in Torenkuppen. And so. uh, we've got a brand new star on the horizon. Um, she's eligible to play for the under-19s and we may see her next year in in Lahti for the under-19 World Championships. But it very much looks like uh, the newest star in female floorball is, is Misa Turunen. Yeah. And Turunen also played with the Kauppi sisters in the first line, the Finnish team. And Vera Kauppi, who got the most points, 10 in total from three games, um, seven goals and three assists, and Ona and Misa both got uh, seven points. So quite strong performance for Misa Turunen, who plays for Saipa in the Afliga. So. Yeah, and just for those of you who may not be a bit familiar, um, Saipa, not really one of the strong teams in, in, in F-Liga, in, in the women's F-Liga. They're sort of, um, I would say, mid-table um, at the moment in terms of strength. Um, they're currently fourth in the table, but um, which I think is quite a good result for them so far. Seven games played. Just for those of you who may not be familiar with Misa Turunen, uh, there's seven games played for Saipa this season in F-Liga. Misa Turunen has 30 points, 3-0 in seven games. 10 goals with 20 assists. Um, she broke the record earlier this season in F-Liga for most points in a game, I believe, with 10. She had nine, nine assists, assists and one yeah. goal. So most assists in a game. Sorry, most assists in an F-Liga game record, not most points. Um just ridiculous and uh she's only 18 so um a hundred percent a future future star if she continues this progression that she's currently on and if she won't be in singapore i don't know what i will do like she has to be selected (laughs) to the final team like they have to they have to select her do you agree 
I, she's really world class. Um, Definitely. And for those, of, obviously, for those of you who've been following F Liga for a while, you'll have known this. Even last season, when F Liga was split into two sort of divisions, you mm. had your Division A and your Division B. Saipa were one of the best teams in that division. B. B. Yeah. And uh, she just the statistics were off the charts for for Turin in, in that in that Division B, and she was still even performing when they went to uh, um, into the playoffs. Did Saipa? So, um, and just for a little context as well, in that final match that Finland played Sweden this weekend in in the uh, EFT, um, Turunen again was just like on fire. Even against the some of the best opposition in the world, she got the most points, two goals, two assists against Sweden, Sweden right. in that in that win. Um, every goal that was scored by Finland in regular time, because they won in the penalty shootouts. So four goals in regular time, all four goals either scored or assisted by Misa Turunen. So if you don't know her name, get to know her mm. name. Now you know her name. <laughs> now you know. Uh, obviously, Sweden as well, not one to scoff at. We're not going to um, shy away from praising you. Of course, we've got sort of more of a, a diverse attack, I would say. Um, mm. I, I think all three lines are so strong and deep that you, you really can't take your eyes off anybody on those top three lines uh, for Sweden. And um, also in, in net as well, just a, such a variety of choices. They could really take a squad of 50 out to Singapore if they wanted Sweden. That's how strong they are in depth. So very scary for anyone. And maybe in the latter stages of our world championships, when fatigue maybe plays a little bit of a part when you're playing five six matches in in you know less than well in a week and a half uh, maybe that's where sweden's strength in numbers can really come into into play mm. for sure and it's definitely going to be up to the czechs and the swiss to try and push them both in singapore they maybe not coming off the best results in in the eft but still some close games for for both teams and um in particular some Highlight players from both sides as well. Yeah. Rebkova for Czech Republic, of course. And uh, uh, it wouldn't be a podcast if I don't mention Serena Fitzy for Switzerland. Um, but, of course, um, Karim Vultiman as well, playing a 135th game for Switzerland. Yeah. Women's national team over yeah. the weekend in Turku. And she can break the record for the most appearances and she will break that record if she plays in Singapore. In Singapore, definitely. So. Because now she even the record with Tanya Stella, former player. So they both had 135 matches. And also, Rutiman, we will see her in the Champions Cup as well in the semifinals playing for Talk United. So She's a busy woman. Definitely. That's a busy schedule. So we'll be up to the, the Czechs and the Swiss to see if they can try and push Sweden and Finland. Do you think it's going to be Sweden versus Finland final? I mean, just I, if you look at the results from Turku, I, if you go on paper, then yeah, that's what's probably yeah. going to happen. Um, it, it will be interesting, though, because obviously, you know, the age old addict, anything can happen in followable, but. Uh, <laughs> that's it, my line. That's <laughs> <laughs> everyone's line. <laughs> um, but it, it all depends because. Even in Zurich last year in the Men's World Championships, we saw how one match can turn the whole thing on its head. Mm. Um, when Finland lost lost to the Swiss, and then suddenly you get a Finland-Sweden semi-final, and that changes everything. So 
um, yeah, we we could see we get Finland versus Switzerland again in in this year in the group stages for um, for the women, and we'll get a Sweden Czech Republic. I think it'll be very tough for a you know Poland Slovakia Norway Latvia to challenge um, Finland Sweden, but um, again. You never know. We are in an unknown real territory for a lot of mm. these teams. We're in a completely different continent, completely different climate. Maybe some teams will struggle with playing out in Singapore. Maybe That's some true. teams will not deal with the time difference, the jet lag, or the or the climate as well. So um, it'll yeah, it'll be up to. I guess we'll only find out when we're there. And we also have to remember that Switzerland they have their only World Championships gold medal from Singapore. 18 years ago so they have this kind of magical connection to to Singapore and maybe the climate will favor them yeah, and know? and Switzerland are a very strange com- country when it comes to floorball and world championships it's you could go four or five years with them getting third or fourth third or fourth not really looking like they're going to challenge for gold mm. and then suddenly one year they'll they'll storm through the groups and look like favorites to win it all. Yeah. And they get to the final. So Exactly. It's uh it's Oh, I'm looking forward already. Oh yeah, me too. And we're only in October. <laughs> so that was your EFT uh roundup. There's several other competitions going on this week like this past weekend, I should say. And we'll head to the Six Nations, which is the next big event that was happening with six different national teams all of them preparing for Singapore with their women's sides we had hosts Slovakia as it was taking place in Banska Bystrica Norway Latvia Poland Germany and Denmark it was a little bit unfortunate i think for Germany and Denmark who um well they were a bit stretched because at the same time there was also a women's under 19s event Mm. Uh, happening in in Herning in Denmark and uh, for both the Danish and German women's under 19 teams playing each other there so uh, maybe a bit of a split squad you could say um, maybe not all of the players who could play could play in Banska and maybe some were split between the two different squads so a bit disappointing for Denmark who finished last in this and Germany who finished second last but um some positives hopefully to take for both sides from this and uh, a learning experience yeah and definitely there are some comebacks as well that we saw in this event so uh germany had andrea gerdes who has not been in the team since 2019 or she played in the world championships in 2019 in neuchatel but she missed the 2021 championships in uppsala and now she's back again so That's that's interesting. Um also the team captain of Latvia or the former team captain Elita Elisabeta Bertina is also back in in the team. She missed the qualifications. I guess she was traveling somewhere, took a break from floorball and now she was back in the Six Nations event. And we hope we will see her in Singapore. Definitely. Um it's very very close to all the team lists being announced. Uh, um early november they will be announced so keep an eye out on all our social media channels we already know some of the players for some of the teams as um several teams have already published theirs early france mm. australia and uh, usa being three and uh, we'll see what the european nations will come out with when it comes to the full squad 
being released. For the other four teams in the group, well, it was a bit of a mixed affair for Poland. Mm. Um, obviously very strong, always finishing top six in the previous uh, five WFCs, I believe. Uh, but unfortunately, their their strong start didn't translate well, Mari, as uh, no. something ended up happening. Yeah, so they played two matches and then they have had to withdraw from the event because some players got sick and... Yeah, they won 4-2 against Denmark, 7-6 against Germany, and they ended up fourth, although they withdrew uh, in the middle of the event. So very, very unfortunate for Team Poland. Yeah, we wish all the, hope all the Polish players are, um, who are affected by this, that illness, we hope you're all okay. I uh, hope you're all recovered well, and um, if not, back home recovering and uh, resting up. Because obviously we know how good Poland women's team can be. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, very young in general and very promising for the future. Both with uh, Zagorska, Buczek, um, Helman. Helman, yeah. Just um, very, very good and very, very young and promising team. So, um, yeah, we'll be happy to see them in Singapore. And obviously best of recoveries to the Polish team. Top three in the... Uh, in this Six Nations tournament, well, it was a bit of the same, maybe as expected on paper, but uh, it was Slovakia who finished first, Norway getting second, and a good result for Latvia, who uh, maybe not as strong in the women's game as their men's team are, mm, but yeah. uh, still obviously developing and taking their, taking their time to um, really start pushing, say, Slovakia, Poland, and uh, Norway for a top five, top six spot. At WFCs, but as you said, some promising youngsters. Yeah, and Slovakia, they played a really strong event. Laura Chupakova with 12 points, six goals, six assists at the event. So quite impressive. And yeah, both Slovakia and Norway were very, very good yeah, this weekend. Chupakova has actually moved back to Slovakia now. Oh, Chupakova, that's how you pronounce it. Right. I'm I've like, had so many. I've <laughs> had so many issues with that name. Honestly, like I was doing commentary and I had to actually go down and ask her before a game once. How do I pronounce your name as a, a Slovak myself? Because yeah. I've heard people say Chupekova, Chupekova, um, and then I listened to commentary over the weekend for this for this event, and yeah. they were like saying Chupekova. So Hupekova. I'm just gonna go with that. Okay. Or I'll just call her Laura. That's much Laura. easier. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, but she's moved back now to Kisučke Nové Mesto in Slovakia, I believe for studying reasons. Uh, she's mm -hmm. gone back home to study in Slovakia, so she's no longer playing in the Czech League for Ostrava. Um, she was the top scorer, as you said, six goals, six assists. Mm -hmm. And just behind her, uh, one of our personal favorites, the IFF Rika Hansen. Uh, who uh, for Norway did very well, uh, six goals, four assists for 10 points. And uh, she was helping her Norwegian team uh, finish with a pretty good result, four wins out of five, their only loss coming to Slovakia in the tournament. So promising for Norway and uh, promising for Slovakia, for sure, from the Six Nations. Yeah, Rike will also play some more matches when she and Pixpo will play in the Champions Cup semifinals. Um, November, in November, so some more practice and preparations before the WSC. 
And just uh, one thing to note, obviously, is this was quite a packed Six Nations event. All these matches were three times 15 to be able to accommodate both uh, teams being able to play two games in one day. Mm. So maybe something to think about. These results not 100% definitive Mm. as we go back to three times 20, the regular format in Singapore. Definitely. And also, um, just to mention quickly, Latvia will still have some matches against Team Estonia in November. So on 10th and 11th November. So although this weekend was the final preparation for many of the teams who will play in Singapore, we still will have some matches, some international matches before the World Championships. Yeah, that next uh, international uh, break coming up, as you said, um, it will be um, the mid-November break, and that is obviously most of the uh, men taking part in that, the EFT for men happening, um, Eurofloorball Tour in Malmo. Uh, that will be 10th to the 12th of November. And then we've got some other games happening. Europower men, it's the turn of the men in Europower. And uh, the Floorball Iceland November Internet Invitational, which is very interesting and uh, certainly one to... I will be keeping an eye out on Iceland, Canada and USA men, which is really good to see as it's not often that Canada and the US get to play anybody else but each other. So now Mm. they get to head to Reykjavik and uh, take part in this little mini tournament between each other, which will be good as they all, all of the men's teams will be one eye on the qualifications for Malmo happening in February. That's the qualifications for the 2024 Men's World Championships. So all of those countries preparing in mid-November. We'll go back to what happened over this past weekend and the next event, which was the Citrom Andras Hungaria Cup, which was a very busy affair in Budapest. We had teams, men's teams taking part, women's and women's under-19 teams. Unfortunately, the Austria and Hungary Hungarian women's teams did not qualify for Singapore, so this was just a training for them. The Hungarian under-19 women, however, obviously using this as a warm-up event for Lahti, as they did qualify in Besançon earlier this year. And for the men, as we just mentioned, with the all of the other teams playing in November, Slovenia, Hungary and Italy men all playing each other, getting prepared for the qualies next year in which i have to say already looking at the uh, qualification groups it's a very good opportunity for slovenia in their group Th- uh, they have five teams in their qualification group and of those five teams on paper uh, they look like they're very set to qualify as one of the top three countries in their qualification group Ooh, switzerland so denmark true. slovenia italy and belgium, belgium. Mm. So Slovenia with a great chance next year to qualify for a men's world championships, which it's been a while since they last were at a men's world championships, I believe, Mari. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the men's under-19 team is always there in the final round. But the men's team, mm. 2006. No way. Yes, yes way, yes wow. way. Wow. Uh, because on, I'm looking at their team card now. For the Slovenia men's team. In 2022, they were 17th. So they just missed. I remember I was at their qualification in yeah. Chilana. They almost qualified there, yeah. But then on 2006, they were 14th. So they were in the in the final round. 
Uh, in near Madrid, I, I would say in Madrid, but oh my lord, it takes a long time to get from Madrid to Ellis. I know, and they are. I think they are rather strict about the areas, like where you are, actually, because that was explained to us when we went there for the men's under nineteen qualifications in January this year. Mm. They were like, you know, this ends here, and then you you arrive to Ellis Real, and then you're like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got told that you're not allowed to call it Sa you if you're in San Lorenzo which is the village next door yes. and you call it El Escorial they will no. beat you up mm -hmm. so um just I better not do that just a warning if any other events i know that the uh the i believe the they will host a Euro Power men's event next year in El Escorial so Ooh. any teams that are going there in next year Please don't call San Lorenzo El Escorial and El Escorial San Lorenzo. They will get very angry at you. But actually, like, was this the first Europower? Uh, this was, was the this first second? women's Europower. Right. Uh, there was a men's event earlier this year, and uh, we will see uh, another men's Europower event in November. Right. Uh, so that one, I believe, that takes place in Italy, I think. Um, but for this event that was in. El Escorial, which was in El Escorial, uh, which was in the venue for the men's under-19 qualifications, as you said earlier this year, Mari. Uh, we had Belgium, Ukraine, Italy, and Spain taking part. Um, Spain with a great, uh, I have to say, even though it was a Europower event, still a great crowd for the Spanish games. And it's nice to see there's a really big, strong floorball culture in, in that little region in the northwest of uh, Madrid in, in Spain. And uh, lots of people came to support Spain. Uh, it was a bit of a shame for the for the hosts who didn't get a win, but they did get a draw against Ukraine. Speaking of Ukraine, they got a momentous time for them in El Escorial as they achieved for the first time in their history a win for the women's national team and they beat Italy. So big congratulations to Ukraine and a uh, great achievement for... Uh, Alina Zelena and all of her fellow players on the national team. Obviously, Ukraine's still going through a tough time and a lot of the players, um, majority of them either displaced or now based in other countries across Europe, uh, several based in the Czech Republic, uh, some still living in Ukraine, in the west of Ukraine. And uh, um, obviously, our thoughts and still our support goes out to Ukraine in, in their time of uh, trouble and uh, it's definitely a heartwarming to see the reaction of the whole team after they got that first ever victory. Mm, congratulations. Belgium were the dominant force in the Europower women. Three games, three wins and uh, it was pretty smooth sailing for the Belgian girls. Spedal especially for our two social media ambassadors, Chloe DeConnick and Emily Champelier, who uh, both were on f high form and did extremely well in El Escorial. They were two of the three top scorers for that Belgium side in the Europower. And the top scorer actually was uh, for Italy, Camilla Olshov, nine points, eight goals in three games. So really very strong tournament for Camilla. Um, not so much for her Italian team, but um, as we know, this is more of a testing and training for all these four teams as they have one eye firmly on the qualifications for 
the 2025 World Championships in Brno and Ostrava. So we'll head to the final event that happened, a little roundup of the final event that happened in over the weekend. Um, that was the Denmark versus Germany women's under-19s and men's under-19s, which took place in Herning, Denmark. And uh, it was pretty smooth sailing for the uh, women's under-19 team of Germany, who won all three games against Denmark and uh, had a 21-8 to goal differential. So it was pretty smooth sailing, but like we said, Mari, it's... Uh, bit unfortunate that both teams had to split their teams a little bit yeah. and I would say Denmark more than Germany. Yes, I definitely agree. For the men's side it was a lot closer. Denmark won two games with Germany winning the last one and uh, it was very back and forth throughout so um, some good preparation for the women under 19 for Lahti and the men under 19 as they start a new cycle heading towards Switzerland in 25. So that was your roundup of all the events in the international weekend in October. Mari? That was a roundup. Ah, was okay. just like... <laughs> We're very excited going forward for, obviously, as we mentioned many times already, the WFC in Singapore at the end of this year. And it really is going to be interesting. We think it should be a very close, tight affair between especially Finland and Sweden. And we'll see how the Czechs and the Swiss, and who knows, maybe a dark horse push their way into the semi-finals and really shake things up at the World Championships in Singapore. We are very much looking forward to it. Obviously, we, as you mentioned as well, Champions Cup coming up very soon. First games of the semi-final rounds will be taking place over the weekend of the 4th and 5th of November. You can watch all of those matches on the IFF app. A very Swiss-Swedish feel to that Champions Cup as uh, out of the eight teams left, uh, four men, four women, we have four Swedish teams, three Swiss teams and a single Czech team. Yeah. So good luck to the <laughs> good luck to the single Czech team of uh, Tatran Strasovice in the men's category who will be playing Vila Ersinger. And good luck to all the teams as there's this particular juicy Swedish semi-final in the men's Fallon Stuvreta and we'll be seeing a lot of the players who will be playing at the WFC at the end of the year in the semi-finals between Zug and Turngruppen and Pixbot and Klotten Dietlakon so a lot of Swiss and Swedish players and Czech players as well taking part in those semi-finals for the Champions Cup so even if you don't support one of the teams, You, it's best you keep an eye out for those semi-finals because mm. there's going to be a lot of good players taking part. And as we said, all of those matches beginning, uh, we've got the women's beginning next weekend, 4th of November and the 5th of November. And then they finish their semi-finals one week later. And then at the end of November, it's the time for the men. 22nd, starting with Stuvreta and Fallon, and then we head to the Sunday, the 26th, Vila and Tatran. And then the last round of games, well, Tatran and Vila will be playing their game on the first weekend of the Women's World Championships, their second round matchup in the Champions Cup. So uh, maybe one, one eye for all of those Europeans who um, don't want to wake up too early in the morning to watch in Singapore. You will have a nice... 6 p.m. Central European time for that second. That's a perfect time, actually. Second leg. No, no, <laughs> no clash with the Singapore World Championships. Indeed. So a bit of announcement as well as we are 
wrapping up this podcast throughout November as we build up to the WFC in Singapore we will be releasing a little interview series on the Wednesday every Wednesday in November we will be releasing a podcast starting on the 1st of November we'll have four weeks of interviews we're going to be myself I will be interviewing a player from the top four every week Starting with the first, you'll have to have a guess about who it will be for the first episode. But if you have any requests for a particular player you would like me or the IFF to interview before the World Championships in Singapore, give us a message on the Instagram and we will try and make your wish come true. And then get ready on the 29th of November as we will release our final WFC 2023 preview episode. Myself and Maddie will be breaking down all the groups, all the teams, all the players, and we'll be talking about what we think is going to be happening at the OCBC Arena at the Singapore Sports Hub. Mm-hmm. Maddie, any last thoughts from yourself? Well, nothing really, but I think this is also a good time if you want to us to do something specific media things in Singapore. This would be a good time to send a, send us a DM on Instagram. If there's something specific you want to see, like behind the scenes stuff, or something else, just send us a message. We are always open to ideas. Uh, just don't ask us to do cartwheels and backflips. We probably won't be able to do that, but. Well, maybe one person from the media team can can do it. I'll, we can ask the youngsters if, if yes, they can. Yes, yeah, me and you are getting to be older on yes. this media team yes. now, unfortunately. So we so. won't be doing that. No, we will just be telling people what to do. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> but any ideas, any formats, any content you would like to see, we are open to ideas. Again, just DM us on Instagram, send us a message. And if you are going to be there, we will see you in Singapore. Definitely, yes. Thank you all for listening. Have a lovely week and keep playing floorball wherever you are. Keep watching it. It's a sport we love and it's a sport we love to promote. Bye.